0: Welcome boys and girls, guys and gals, children of all ages, you are entered into the Rocky Mountain ATV MC, rmatvmc.com, Keeper Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Thank you for joining me. Rocky Mountain ATV MC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes, loads. Prices, unparalleled customer service, and free, F-R-E-E, three, T-H-R-E-E, day shipping, over 75 bucks. It's so dang easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. Thank you, Fly Racing 2019. Gear, colorways, all the exciting stuff is on tap August 1st. Please go check them out. You can go to flyracing.com and look at it. I've already worn it. It is bitchin'. I love it. I love the new colors. So if you haven't tried Fly Racing gear, do yourself a favor. Get on that. Trust me. I'm on that, and I like it a lot. Head over to flyracing.com, and if you're going to buy some, buy it over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. I don't have a product code or a discount code, but just put it in the notes. Say, hey, I listen to Kiefer Test's podcast, and he's a crazy son of a bitch, but I love it anyway. That's right. Do that. Well, maybe leave out the cuss word, but just say you listen to the podcast. You get the drift. But no, seriously, thank you guys. Fly Racing, great gear. Can't wait for you guys to see it. And Racetech, racetech racetech.com, emailing me a lot of emails, emailing me, Because you guys need to know spring rates, I don't know. Go to Racetech.com, log on to their website, and it'll tell you what size spring you need. It's a beautiful thing. they got so much stuff over there. Just go meander around over at Racetech.com. Help yourself out. If you got a new bike, you need some springs, head over there. They'll give you the spring rate. It's easy. You guys want your stuff revolved? Get some gold valves up in there. Head over to Racetech.com because Racetech gold valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Racetech products and services are 100, that's 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Racetech. Experience the gold valve advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to all the guys at Racetech for joining this podcast and believing in us. And thank you guys for coming on board. Thank you guys for listening. This podcast is all about the 2019 YZ250F. It's been embargoed for a while. I've had this bike for a while, and people are saying, Kiefer, I see it on the internet. Some guy bought his at a dealership. Why can't you talk about it? I'm just doing what I'm told. I'm like a puppet when it comes to embargoes, okay? I can't do anything about it. I'm signed, sealed, and delivered on that when they say Kiefer, it's an embargo to, what, until July 17th? That's when this podcast is up at 9 a.m. That's what I gotta do. So, my bad, guys, sorry. I can post pictures of it, that's not a big deal, but talking about it, I couldn't do it until today. So, we are a little bit ahead of the curve. This is, what, today is July 14th, and I'm getting ready to bail on vacation, so I wanted to record this and get this out to you guys, so For those of you that cannot wait to hear about what it's like to ride this new bike, the all-new, I should say, 2019 YZ250F, they've done a lot of work to it. It looks just like the YZ450F now. They share a lot of the same parts and, of course, a lot of the same changes. The YZ450F didn't have that much to change, fork lugs and wheel spacers, but nonetheless, the YZ250F took those changes as well, but... It's all new. An all new engine, an all new frame, an all new bodywork, a lot of new stuff on this bike. Chances are, if you have a 2018, um, yeah, you're shit out of luck. Not a lot of parts are gonna interchange with this new bike. So I've come here to tell you guys how it works. I've been riding it for a little bit. I went to a couple different tracks, tried it out. Want to give you guys a little first impression, do a little comparison from last year's bike and to tell you guys if it's worth it or not to go in to a 2019 versus a 2018. So And and actually, my buddy, Michael Allen, he's a test rider. He has the bike now. He's going to write you guys an article that you can head over there right now, keyforinktesting.com. He is more of a motocross novice type of guy. He just started to get into more motocross type of riding maybe a year and a half ago. He's really good at off-road. Very good off road rider, I may add, but he's not that up to speed on jumping and doing the things that we all do, maybe that you're listening, that you guys are out there listening, that we can do on a track. So I wanted to give you guys both ends of the spectrum. My opinion, you can head over to keferinktesting.com and read Michael's opinion, and of course, I have a second opinion on that. So there's plenty of information out there to get what you need out of the 2019. Yamaha YZ250F. Also, if you guys want to know the exact changes that Yamaha made to this bike, because we're not going to sit here and waste 15 to 20 minutes on a podcast about every single thing they changed. They changed a lot. We will go over some of those, but head over to keyforinktesting.com and you can read all those changes, or better yet, go to yamaha-motor.com and there's all kinds of information for you guys on that website as well. So, Very cool that Yamaha introduced the YZ250F finally. It's been needing a facelift. It's been needing some added changes that I feel like um, have been holding it back somewhat for not winning a shootout. The KTM has been dominating the 250F class at least most of the time in these shootouts, not even in my shootout, but also in other magazine shootouts, simply because the KTM pulls far um, it has a decent amount of bottom in, and it's fairly easy to ride. Last year's YZ250, although very torquey and very fun off the bottom, didn't pull very far. It was more of a short-shifting motor, and you really needed some more mid-to-top-in meat and pull out of the 18, and that simply just didn't have it, no matter what you did, unless you went and bought an ignition and spent some money in, into uh, the motor to make it faster. So right away, we went. the first day we went out with Yamaha, um, they gave a little presentation of all the changes. Of course, the frame shares the same type of frame as the 450F, and the engine is all new. Um, I can read you guys off some of the the features and benefits here. Um, of course, it's a, it's a four-valve engine, fuel-injected, all that stuff standard. It has a new electric starter, of course, so you guys have been bugging about that. And also... It incorporates the new Yamaha PowerTuner app, just like the 450. You can install that app simply by... It. It's free, which is bitchin', because you don't have to buy a power tuner or a calibration tool to uh, add on to your bike. So you just download that up to your iPhone or smartphone, whatever you have. Got that app, but now you have the capability of changing engine feel, okay? As you guys know from listening to the Pulp Show, this fake science bullshit, whatever. I am a man of feeling. I I will read the changes. I will read dyno charts. I will take that in. But when it comes to factual information, for me, I like to test it and feel it on the track. If the dyno chart told me, Kiefer, um, this 2019 YZ250F is you know 6 horsepower better than the 18 just let's take for instance right and i went on the track and i didn't feel that 6 horsepower and i felt hey the 18 is better i'm going to relay, relay that information back to the engineers and they're going to look at look at me like i'm crazy but it doesn't matter i've had that happen to me before with mufflers and all these things that i've done in the past that on paper it says it's better but on the track it's not so nonetheless I'm a man of feeling that's why we go test the human dyno is the correct dyno yes dyno charts and paper information are good tools for engineers but for us riders out there we want to twist the grit right we want to feel it on the track so Yamaha did a bunch of changes that are all look good on paper but it doesn't matter until you take it on the track to see what it feels like um so with that power tuner, you can adjust and really create anything that you want out of your engine. And I shouldn't say anything because there's so there's some parameters that you have to go off of. You can't blow up your engine. And Yamaha made sure that some dumbasses out there aren't going to freaking blow up their bikes by, you know, advancing timing or um, leaning out their their fuel mixture too much. So there is certain t- Ways of making it better, but they didn't give you so much room where you can really screw up your motor. So I thought that was cool. Um, I did try a few maps. We will talk about that. And what I also think is cool is there is an ignition switch on the handlebar on the YZ250F that you can preload two maps. So you can switch on the fly between two different maps. The YZ450F doesn't have that. Okay? So maybe in 2020 that will come on the 450 will come with that. But right now, the 19 YZ250F has a bitchin' handlebar-mounted ignition ignition switch map um, that you can uh, preload an extra map, okay? So it comes with the standard map, and we had another map that we wanted to try, which was a more aggressive map, so we loaded that map onto... Um, the Yamaha Power Tuner, and now I have two maps that I can choose from on the fly via a button on the handlebar. It's bitching. Um, I like that way versus a coupler versus um, a KTM's pre-programmed map like map one, map two. Let me create what I want to create, right? Let me um, make up something that I want. You know, not everyone is going to like what the test riders and engineers come with, come with for maps. So, that's what's bitching about this Yamaha Power Tuner is you can create your own map and put it in the bike, and if you don't like the stock map, put two of your own maps in that son of a bitch, okay, and go ride out, and go ride on the track and see which one you like better. And if you don't, n- no harm, no foul. Go put the stock map back ba- back in the bike. So it's a very cool feature um, that I didn't know about until I started, you know, until I got to the track and started talking to Ulrich and the guys at Yamaha. And uh, Travis had a couple maps that he gave me. Um, that I went through, and some of them I didn't like. A couple of them I did, so I left the stock map in there, which is very good. So for those of you guys listening out there, don't disregard the stock map. It's a very good map, and I think it's an all-around good map for many different types of tracks. But um, there are some different maps available on Yamaha's website. I will have some maps for you guys that I can give you uh, via email. You can hit me up at chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I can send you a screenshot of a couple maps that I like. Um, So let's just break it right now off into the engine category. So right away, what did I feel between the 2018 and the 2019? I had those back-to-back to ride. So the eighteen, like I said, has a very torquey, meaty low end. It's exciting to ride. It's it's very RPM response friendly down low, but it doesn't pull very hard mid to top. I like that KTM and Husqvarna pull where it revs really far. Now getting on the nineteen, I lost. I felt like I lost a titch, okay, of RPM response down low, and maybe a very very slight amount of of engine torque, but very, very slight. I do not know if you guys will be able to feel that or not, but I do. Like, again, I always want to relay that to you guys. I'm very sensitive. It's a very low RPM feeling where I feel like there's slightly less of that meat from the 18. But what you're getting from the 2019 is such a freer-feeling engine. It's livelier, okay? So, any... If you're going up at RPM, it's such a lively feeling. RPM response has improved from mid-range to top-end, um, and it's just less engine braking. I don't feel as he- the bike is as heavy um, engine-wise because there's no, um, I shouldn't say no, there's less engine braking from this 2019 compared to the 2018, which that translates into chassis feeling, which we will get into that later, but it makes that feeling better, especially coming into corners. So that's the first thing I noticed right away when I got on the track was, man, how much of a freer feeling this engine is. It's not such a draggy feeling and heavy and and it kind of weighs the bike down. It doesn't have that as much. It's a little bit livelier, more peppy, makes the whole bike feel lighter, so I did like that. Um, So rolling out of a corner second gear, Still nice, still exciting. I still feel like the 19 YZ250F is more exciting down low than the KTM. So that's still a plus. It just lost a little bit of meat on very low RPM. Now, this is where this 2019 engine excels. From, I would say, the end of the bottom end range until mid-range, It is a very noticeable change for the better. Man, there is a lot of mid-range meat, guys, on this YZ250F. It pulls so hard in the mid-range. You shift in the third, it keeps pulling. It's a fun bike to ride. I liked last year's bike. To me, this is better. I'm up in the RPM RPM range a little bit more than the average guy out there, but nonetheless, there's still enough meat down low, and there's even more meat through the mid-range, and now it pulls to the top end. You don't have to short-shift it. You have the option where you can short-shift it or let it rev out a little bit longer. No, it's not gonna rev out as far as the KTM, but it is better than the 2018. How much better if the 18 is a three mid range to top end is a three point. Now I would say a three point five. That's how much better it is. If I'm rating bottom end, if 18 is a three, I would say the 19 YZ250F is a three minus. It's very minute. Okay, KTM Husqvarna still doesn't have the torque down low that the Yamaha does. The orange and white guys need to catch up to the blue guys when it comes to um, engine feeling down low. If the KTM and Husqvarna guys ever figured that out, the Yamaha guys would be in trouble. Because, man, that KTM and and that white bike really pull far uh, up on mid to top end range. But nonetheless, this is about a Yamaha. We're not comparing. We're not doing shootouts. But straight up, 18 engine, very good. 19 engine, better than the 18 simply because the engine is freer, I get more excitement and mid-range meat and length is much better than the 18. Over rev, I don't have the numbers because I don't have the dyno charts. They didn't give me any of that, but I would say at least this thing revs out a good 500 rpm, maybe 3 anywhere between 3 to 500 rpm more than the 18. That's how much It feels like on the track. You guys at home might not be saying, you might be saying, 500 RPM, Kiefer? That's not much. It really is, because when you buy an ignition, usually the cutoff is 300 RPM, and you can really feel that on the track. So uh, an extra 500 RPM or 300 RPM is a lot on a 250F, and this Yamaha, man, it feels like it revs much better, freer, and longer than the 18. So Kudos to the guys at Yamaha um, for creating a little bit better of an engine feel. And also, let me let me touch on this as well. Sometimes when you get more of a engine feel that's free, you get more vibration. Um, there is no more vibration in this 19. In fact, I think it vibrates less to me than the 18. For those of you guys at home have a 2018. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed the vibration. It's not horrible, but you can feel some vibration later on in your 18 YZ250F's life. Anything after 30 to 40 hours, you'll feel a little bit vibration coming from the engine through your handlebars. Right away, there's less of that compared to the 18. So, 18 that I tried had about four hours on it, and it felt like it had 40 on it compared to the 19 the 19 is really tight free feeling and yeah i love this engine is exciting uh, i'm actually looking forward to trying some more maps um, with this engine because um i tried to get some extra bottom end out of this thing while i was messing with it because i felt like like i told you guys i felt like it was a minus on bottom end so I had another map. It did help that. It brought that back up to equal very low RPM from the 18, but I lost a little bit of meat um, on the upper mid-range to top in. And I didn't like that because I liked that pulling power from mid to top. So I basically went back to a stock map, stock map, and that was my sweet spot for the tracks that I tested at. So if you guys feel like you need some more bottom end, hit me up. Chris at keyforinktesting.com. I can get you a map. Um, I guess I don't know if we're calling this the TP map or not or if we're calling it something else. Nonetheless, I can get you those numbers and have you guys punch those into your Yamaha Power Tuner app. Um, So that's another thing. that's cool. We can just share some information, and you have it, and you guys can put it in, and you can feel the benefits. You can reap the benefits of all of my hard work from doing this damn ECU testing, Okay. So easy money for you guys. And thank you to Yamaha for making it so easy for the consumer to change his or her bike. So very bitching. Um, moving on to... Let's just skip the suspension for a second. Usually I have suspension second. I'm going to talk about the chassis because to me, <sighs> I would say the chassis is really what separates this bike and makes it much better. Yes, the engine is better. But to me, this new chassis is... is increased rigidity is correct in all the right places. Now only does it feel lighter, okay? On the track, side to side movement, getting in and out of ruts, feels lighter than current motorcycle, okay? No, it doesn't feel as light as a KTM. However, when the track is deep and tilled up really well and very prepped, and so now you have a heavy dirt, This YZ feels a little bit lighter than the KTM because you have some of that RPM engine response excitement down low versus the KTM. So that's one thing I noticed. When the ground gets deep, the Yamaha shines because it has some bottom in. But chassis feeling... What I didn't like about the 18 YZ250F is when the track got rough or a little bit baked out, hard pack, and it had these rollers, it always felt like there was a wallow or a hinge in that YZ250F. It had a heavy feel. It was a little bit wallowy, kind of like a boat. And now I feel like everything's kind of shortened and tightened up, a little bit more um, rigid, but not in a bad way, okay? The rigidity has gone up, but now it's more precise, all right? So when I come in in the corner, it leans in a little bit better because it feels lighter, and now I'm sticking through the corner a little bit better than the 18. I like that feeling. I also have increased front wheel traction, and for those of you guys listening at home, you know me. I like that feeling. We are running 100 millimeters of sag on this thing, so it is a little bit different than the 2018 model, but... The Magic SAG number is about 100. No, it doesn't feel high in the rear, so don't freak out. Straight line stability improvement. You think, hey, Kiefer, I'm going up in rigidity, so is it harsh? Negative. It is more planted, straight line. I get less of a wallow, of course, like I mentioned on, on the chassis, on this 19. And again, a more planted feel, more precise feeling and just a more solid motorcycle when you land off jumps. If I'm sending it off a single and landing flat ground the bike just kind of soaks it up. It doesn't feel like it it loads and then unloads and springs. Now it just kind of slaps and sticks and you can drive through it and it doesn't hurt your legs or your wrists. It just has a nice feel, it, um, feel to it and um, where I Where I really thought it shined the best, like I said, was in really deep, loamy conditions. And a small improvement, especially when it got hard pack, for the wallowing feeling I got from the pivot bolt back. 18 um, from the pivot bolt back just had a wallowy, kind of soft, springy sensation. Now the whole chassis itself is a little bit more of a dead feeling and doesn't react quite as quick as the 18, Um, on straight line. It reacts quicker through corners. So that's what you're looking for as a rider. You want a little bit more of a slowing, moving, moving machine in straight line, but yet in those corners you want a reactive machine to get you in and out. Especially when those ruts go to hell and you want to get out of some of those holes, you can pop right out of those things. Or just drive right through them and still have a nice supple feeling without the whole thing feeling like a boat anchor and just wallowing through the ruts Because there's an old old rule I was taught a long time ago Larry Rossler when I worked for him over at Stroker he told me Kiefer don't ever hit anything you can fly over and I've kind of brought that into my life since he said that to me I always try to like fly over shit all the bad shit that's on the ground I don't want to hit it so I'm only as good it has, I'm only as good as I am with my technique. So if I can fly over it, I'm going to go faster. So this chassis allows you to kind of hop over some shit because it has a lighter feeling and a more planted feeling. So very good chassis feel. I would say if you kind of complained about the Yamaha's cornering um, capabilities, I would say the 19 is better, and you will like it much better. It doesn't feel um, um, as vague mid-corner. So, this new bike has more of a front end bias feeling and it sticks better through mid corner to exit. And I like that um, feeling better. So, be on the lookout for when you guys ride your new bikes how well this thing sticks. Screenprintingdone.com. I hate it when they put sirens in commercials. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. It would cover my boy boobs nicely. Screenprintingdone.com We make kick-ass time. t-shirts. It's made with bits of real panther. We get it done. So you know it's good. Screenprintingdone.com Screenprinting... Screenprintingdone.com you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruttedracing.com, or if you guys are on Instagram, at Rudded Racing, Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rudded Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rudded Racing or RuddedRacing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Rudded Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. there on board at the com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 60helmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? Well, there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay? I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1, I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology, it's race-proven, I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at Chris at com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, sixty. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes That's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there. Handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says... We've accepted your sponsorship. Now you're a rider. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off. Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money. And we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we save them so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young. And now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool. And thank you, Little D. And you guys know I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey, okay? They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's, they're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me, I've been around little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, They set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the products. So as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF, great products. Head over to fmfracing.com, get yourself set up, go look, and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Scosche. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to scosche.com and check out all the products, They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier When you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. just I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So, founded in 1980, Scosche Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, scosche.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Scotch develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Scotch finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeeferIncTesting.com, I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Scosche. Scosche Scosche.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Motoblood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Bloodlubricants has an oil for you. Okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good that lasted a long time and didn't break down and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag, 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order, please order, and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at Chris at KefrinkTesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good. 100% synthetic. Go check them out. BloodLubricants.com. Moving on to the suspension. They did a lot of suspension changes. They did valving changes. They have, uh, of course, new fork height settings. So you can look at that. Um, I think, to me, the aluminum, the new aluminum frame, along with the new suspension, kind of helps each other. You're only good. You're only as good as your chassis, right? If you have a shitty chassis, you're you can get the best suspension and put it on there, and it's not really going to help you. Um, let's take, for instance, the Honda. The, the, the 18, the 17 Honda 450 has fairly good suspension. Like, the suspension is really good, but it has a harsh, rigid chassis, which makes you feel like your fork and your shock are not working that great. Well, it's not the suspension's fault. It's the chassis' fault. So you're only as good as your chassis. So with along with that, you have some great KYB SSS forks. People saying the new KX450 has the best forks. I disagree. I feel like these KYB SSS forks are planted. They're supple. They have comfort and they have performance. At times, can they be a little soft? Yes, but I do not get a pitching sensation like I did last year on the 18. The whole bike itself has a flatter feel. Um, When I desail and I'm coming into corners, again, along with that lack of engine braking and now a stiffer front end feel, I don't get a wiggle coming into corners. And when there is some sizable braking bumps, I'm not getting a dive. The front end holds up better. So a much more performance-based fork, but still has that great KYB SSS comfort feel. They ran the fork up 5 millimeters, so you're up 5 millimeters. If you guys feel like it's too front-end biased and maybe you're getting a little bit of stink bug, don't drop the the sag, okay? Leave the sag at 100. Trust me on this. Leave the sag at 100 and maybe drop your fork down a little bit. Try that. Maybe split the difference and go to 2.5. Again, 2 millimeters is a lot in the fork height world. You will notice this. Trust me. You don't have to be a test rider to feel 2 millimeters when it comes to fork height. So you can try that. I didn't do that. I tried it, didn't like it, and made the front end maybe feel a little bit lazier to me in the corner. But I kept it at 5 millimeter, and I thought that was a great balance for me um, coming into the corner and for the larger size braking bumps. It didn't dive in too much. So um, to me, if you guys feel like you want to change some things. You can slow the rebound down one to two clicks, and that will settle the front end a little bit. I honestly don't think you're going to want to go any softer on this fork. I feel like, if anything, you want to go in the direction of a little bit stiffer. I went up to two clicks stiffer on the fork, which was nice. And what's nice about this fork, although you will get a stiffer feeling when you go up in clicks, you know, you go stiffer in your clicks, I didn't get a harsher feel. Unlike a KX450 fork where I went in stiffer on the fork, it really affected the action of the fork and kind of made it sticky feeling and harsh. So the KYB SSS fork does not do that. You can go in on your clicker and it doesn't get stickier or a harsh feeling. So you guys can try that at home. But a very good fork, I would say to me, Better than the YZ450F fork. I like that YZ250 uh, feel, and I like that um, valving they came up with. Rear end, again, 100 millimeters is a great starting point. And to me, I tried to experiment and with different sag numbers. I went back. The, the experiment stopped, and I ended up going back to 100 millimeters and left it there. I did slow down the rebound two clicks. Okay, so slow down that rebound too close if you feel like it's too active. And also, if you feel like it's too high instead of changing your your shock sag, try softening up your high speed and that will change your ride attitude as well. So remember, go to quarter turn, softer on your high speed and maybe that will get you the balance that you're looking for if you need a little bit less high in the rear. So you can always go to that. I recommend a quarter to a half. I wouldn't go more than that I tried going softer but it was just too soft for me on landings and jumps and things so I went back to stock and I still like that supple feel and especially coming out of corners when there's big holes and and jagged um, what I call like jagged dirt so you have these holes and these acceleration acceleration bumps coming out of the corner but yet, as the rut gets deeper, the dirt falls in, so now you have an unbalanced dirt. It goes in and out, in and out, so it's just jagged inside there, and I feel like that works better with the stock high-speed settings. So just remember, um, you do feel like that. Quarter-turn increments, softer or stiffer, however you feel like you're going to go. I do not think you need to go stiffer on high-speed. If you do need to go stiffer, try going stiffer on the low-speed. I tried going stiffer on low-speed, Went back to stock. I'm 168, 169. Um, and I thought that the shock spring and the compression, low-speed compression, was fine for me. Just maybe go slower on the rebound. So, again, balanced feel from the suspension. If you're going to put a uh, comparison from 18 to 19, yes, I'm, I'm getting better holdup and increased comfort. So, again, 18 suspension, a 3. 19 suspension, 3.25. Better feel. Overall ergonomics of the bike. Much flatter feel. I like the whole bar to seat peg to, um, I'm sorry, seat, bar, foot peg ratio. I'm six foot. I don't feel cramped. You can adjust it. You can mess with the bar. You can go up. You can go back. However you feel like you, you like it. I'm a big fan of the Yamaha Grips. I would run Yamaha stock Grips on most of my bikes. They're a little fat, But I don't mind it. I don't mind the compound. I'm glad that Yamaha went to a stiffer seat foam because hitting that fuel tank really didn't feel good when you're charging the ruts. I hated that feeling. So YZ250F adopted that. And to me, it's just an overall comfortable machine. Um, Sound, the sound of the YZ250F is maybe not as obnoxious as the 18. The exhaust note, for whatever reason, is a little bit less raspy. And like I said, I rode an 18 with only four hours on it, and this new 19 as our test bike still sounded a little bit more muffled and just had a more of a racy, better-sounding feel. People always ask me as well, like, Hey, Kiefer, do you think the YZ is fat? Again, visually, maybe it looks that way. I still don't think... It looks fat visually. If you're stuck on a KTM for a long time and you hop on a Yamaha, of course, give yourself some time to adapt. It's not gonna be the exact same. There's something to be said about a little bit of girth in a bike. I can grip it better. If you get a bike that's too narrow, I can't grip that well. I'm not gonna push my legs in so far and be bow-legged, right? You want a little bit of girth to push into your, where your boots are, and you want to grip with your knees. So. It's not so big where I'm like, man, this feels like a boat in the shroud area. If you measured them, okay, go measure them. If you have a KTM or whatever you have and go measure the the tip to the shroud to the other side on a YZ250F, it's not any any wider. In fact, on some motorcycles, I'm not going to blow them out right now, the YZ250F is thinner in that shroud area. So it's more of a visual thing. I get what you guys are complaining about at times, but... Give yourself some time. Don't just judge it by the first time you hop on a bike, you go three laps. Ah, it's fat. Fuck it. I don't want to even ride this thing. You got to adapt, especially if you're not used to riding different machines. So just know that. The wet weight on the sucker is 234 pounds. I thought it was cool that they added electric start. And yes, it did gain a little bit of weight. But honestly, like I said, it feels lighter than last year's bike. And that has a lot to do with the engine character and chassis. Those two things combined make the bike feel lighter than what it is. Kiefer, you never talk about electric start. What what do you want me to talk about? It starts. You push a button, it starts. It works good. It, It starts for me. I don't know what else to elaborate on an electric start. I think it's bitching. I'm on board. I'm getting old. I want to push a button. I don't want to kick. Yes, I'm on board. I like it. I'm stoked that Yamaha now has both machines as an electric start. Again, map switch. Awesome. Love it. It's bitching. I wish my 450 on the my Yamaha 450 test bike had that. I thought that would be really cool because sometimes I like a stock map when it's deep and loamy, so I have that hit right away. Instead of the TP map where it's a little bit more smooth, I would like to switch on the fly. So... Um, when you guys are on your YZ250Fs, you will have to hold it down like .9 seconds or something like that. So don't just push it and expect it to to turn, all right, to change. Because Yamaha did this on purpose so where if your chest or something hits it while you're riding, it's not going to switch a map. You will have to hold it down for one second. So that's not taking too much time out of your life just to hold it down in the air or whatever that feels like you're more comfortable on the track just to push it down and do it. Um, they did go to Bridgestone X-20s. I'm on the fence. I know Yamaha seems to be pumped on these tires. I think Travis is pumped on these tires as well. I'm not completely sold. The X-20 was pretty good when the track was good and loamy and, and had nice ruts, but when the track got watered by these lovely California truck water truck drivers on the tracks, a little bit greasy now. I didn't have that front-end feel like I liked from a Dunlop uh, MX-3S. I feel like the MX-3S was a little bit better when it was greasy. Grabby, initial lean, I would say X-20 is a little bit better in the front. But again, that's when the track is primo. So maybe some of you East Coast guys have lots of traction. X-20 is pretty good. But for us West Coast folk that have jackasses for water truck drivers and our tracks are good for about two hours then go to shit, I do not think X20 is the most optimal tire to use. Nonetheless, the carcass feels good. Nothing too crazy about the tire besides a little bit of a a slip, vague feeling when the track is icy and watered. Once uh, the water dries out and it turns into dry hard pack, it's pretty consistent. I don't mind it. I would run about 12.5 in these X-20s because the carcass to me feels a little bit stiffer. But um, try 12.5 in front and rear versus 13 from an MX-33 or 13.5 from an MX-3S. So um, I think it's cool as well that Yamaha's trying new things with, with rubbers, right? So Dunlop on the 450, Bridgestone comes on the 250, and they didn't go with the X30, thank God, because that tire I do not like at all. If there is a Bridgestone that you're going to use, an X20 is the way to go. It's more of a soft um, to intermediate terrain tire, but it's fairly good straight line bite and lean in. It bites really good initial lean just, you know, mid corner and you have some of that grease in there, it does push a little bit. So, um, Maybe look for the Bridgestone on the YZ450F next year. I do not know. Um, I know that if Dunlop doesn't have the MX33 ready for all the the manufacturers, because I feel like 2020 development is already going, and it might be late to the game to change tires. So, and I do not know if these manufacturers can still get MX3S tires from Dunlop. That's you know remains to be seen. So we will see. So. Bridgestone X20s on the YZ250F. Overall looks, I'm a blue guy. I'm not a big cyan white person, but they have the cyan and white. Um, so if you're a woman, you like that color, by all means, do it. And if you're a dude that likes something different and want to be like everyone else at the track and have a blue bike, sure. Go to cyan and white. Not bad. It's not my cup of tea, but, you know, it's. it's I'm not hating on it too much. So... Um, they are available right now. You can go check them out at Yamaha-Motor.com. I'm sure the dealers have them um, um, up and running, and, and they're on the, on the showrooms right now. And, of course, we are going to dive more into this bike. You know what we're going to do this. Um, later on when I get back from vacation, 250F shootouts. It's going to be interesting again this year. KTM, Husqvarna, um, Honda. I do not think change that much. We will have to see. And YZ250F, all new. So there's only one way to go up, I would think, right? On a Yamaha is up. And usually, to me, it finishes second in these shootouts that I do. I've rated second before. Um, I've had the KTM ahead of this thing. So maybe it's time for Yamaha to take the top step in some of these shootouts, right? And we will be shooting these suckers out maybe into August, all right? I'm not in a big hurry to rush out and get shootouts done like I was last year. I want to make sure I do these right and get the West Coast edition shootout done first, and then we will be going... Well, I shouldn't say for sure. I'm pretty sure. Look, It's looking good. Most of the manufacturers are on board. That's what I had to get approval from. I've been pushing the approval to go back east for a while. i waiting on a couple manufacturers to hit me back to make sure that's cool, but east coast a dish shootout will be after the west coast a dish so stay tuned for that uh, good job Yamaha the guys at Yamaha very fun bike yes it is a better 18 so save the emails Kiefer I can get a good deal on an 18 save 500 bucks or get a 19 by the 19 it's better it's worth the 500 extra dollars that you're going to spend shit if it was a thousand dollars I would say it's worth it with the chassis alone so for sure the 19250F is a better machine. Check it out over at Yamaha-Motor.com or go to com and read the review by Michael Allen and myself. And of course, if you guys have any questions, hit me up at Chris at com. And if you guys want some swag, sweaters, hats, shirts, hit Heather up. Heather at com. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Make sure you guys listen to the commercials, please. There's discount codes in there for you guys. We got some new sponsors. 6D Helmets is on board now. They got a discount code, so check it out. I think the discount code for 6D is Kiefer Tested. So if you guys want to get a new helmet, you guys thinking about a 6D, you can head over there, use the discount code. And of course, FMF Racing. They're making all the mufflers for you guys out there, bitchin' mufflers. Um, I'm trying to work with them on some more Yamaha stuff, so... Go to fmfracing.com See what you like You can pick a bike And choose it And see what it looks like On your machine Very cool little tool They have there Up on that website But thank you To all my sponsors To keep this sucker running And make sure We have fun With this sucker Right Because it's dirt bikes It's not rocket science You know We all ride dirt bikes For a reason If you're 75 You're 12 If you're a beginner If you're a pro We all ride Motorcycles For the same reason Because we love it We love that feeling that we get when we ride. And hell, how about that feeling you get when you're driving home and you rip that berm just bitching throughout the day and you have that feeling on the way home and it carries with you for several days. Shit, when I rip a corner really good, that feeling to me stays with me for at least two to three days. So that could be two to three days. You could be happy at work if you have a shitty job. All because of a bitchin' rut and because you ride dirt bikes. Think of that, people. Stay tuned. I'll be back. I'm going on vacation. That's right. Well, I shouldn't say a vacation. I'm going on a working vacation. I will work a little bit. So if you guys do email me, just chill down. I'm not going to be up my computer's ass 24-7 like I am here. I'm going to take some time, hang out with Heather and Aiden, going to ride some new tracks in Colorado. If you are in Colorado, come by and say hi. We'll be going to Thunder Valley, Brush, IMI, we got some private tracks. we got some friends with some private tracks. So, yeah, make sure you stop by. Say hi to, uh, to uh, Heather and I and Aiden and the White Sprinter. I'll have some Kiefer testing stickers. Hell, I might even have some T-shirts. And let's bullshit about bikes. And let's talk about some Colorado mountains. Do not talk about the Denver Broncos, because I do not want to hear my wife talk about the Denver Broncos. We can talk about the Miami Dolphins and hopefully how good we will be. Right? So, nonetheless... Two-week vacation. I'll be back on the 29th, and we'll be hitting up the KTM 450 SXF. We'll be talking Honda CRF450R. I got my guys going to the new Honda intro, so that will be up on Testing.com. so check that out. And uh, we'll be doing some more podcast, product podcasts that uh, I come up with that I feel like you guys will like. So here's the place. This is the place to come uh, for all your information, to have some fun, get some laughs, and get the facts because that's what we're about. Alright guys, thanks for listening. See ya.